Well, when you're listening to the Nahum Siegel Network on a Saturday night, and we uh, always talk about how great our programming is, is even on the weekends, so I should even say especially on the weekends, um, at 11 o'clock each uh, Saturday night, and then repeated on the Monday morning, is a um, fresh edition of a um, of a program that concentrates on uh, amazing halachic questions. It's called Headlines. David Lichtenstein, who's the author of Headlines, is also the host. Uh, and again, you could hear him at 11 o'clock every single Saturday night at NahumSiegel.com, JMNAM.org, on the NSN app, on our listen line from anywhere around the world, There's all the different methods. And um, he is with us live via telephone. We never had a chance to really explore some of the things he's been able to explore uh, during his research, but he uh, has a few minutes for us this morning. David Lichtenstein, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Pleasure to speak with you. You know, there there are a lot of topics out there, halachic topics that one can address that are, um, you know, more straightforward, uh, that may, may have a, a more direct conclusion than some of the items you've explored. Uh, why have you, with headlines, both in book form and on the air, gone in the direction of presenting topics that are, I don't know, some would say controversial, some would say very complicated. Why have you gone in that direction? Well, I think that when we're working in the workforce, well, for starters, you know, for those who do, we, we come across issues that are frequently not addressed either in shul or in the yeshiva. And how do we deal with them in real life? Right. You're at work. And this happens all the time, and you have to shake a woman's hand. Well, they didn't teach you anything about that in yeshiva. So what are you supposed to do? You end up, you have to go to an iron kosher restaurant. How do you deal with that? These are situations that we come across in life, and we are not equipped to it because the yeshiva world, for the most part in yeshiva, we deal with issues that are Shabbos, Yom Tif, Davening, and the world is, has throws us curveballs. That's one part of what we do. Right. And another thing is, is that it's constantly changing. The world is changing very rapidly, and halacha has to, you know, has the ability to address these changes. So when we see things in the news and we say, wow, how would halacha address something like the kosher switch? Well, it's so new, there is nothing historically, to really address it, and we have to extrapolate from existing halacha. So <clears throat> it's both exciting, it's contemporary, it's, it's you know, we read news because we want to be on the cutting edge of what's happening, mm-hmm. and this, so it brings a fresh nature. There was a, 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 a famous British philosopher called Isaiah Berlin, and he said the reason why he left from Kai is because he said he went to yeshiva and he read about Sharshanagah Hesapara, a cow that was gored by a bull, and he said, I didn't, wasn't really interested in why a cow and a bull that are goring each other has anything to do with my life, <laughs> or if a fire is like an arrow or not. And my response to Isaiah Berlin would be, is that when you recognize that if you send a virus to somebody else's computer mm-hmm. and it wipes out all their data, the reason why you're chayiv is because of Asia Mishum Chitzav, because when you send a fire, it's considered as if you send an arrow, and it's the same metaphor for sending electricity or a virus. You start to realize that all of these things are extrapolations 
that can be used for very contemporary situations. Oh, no, no so question. It's exciting, it's fresh, it's contemporary. Sure, no question about that. Uh, well, you mentioned, you, you, you said two categories, and, and, in some ways, I would split it up maybe a little differently. There are certain categories uh, that you, um, or certain topics rather, that you address, which are of great interest and may not have, I don't know, serious ramifications for you or others in the community. For instance, you debate or ask about the, or write about the question about the insanity defense in halacha. Okay, you know, when, when, it, when it comes to halacha lamaisa, so to speak, when it comes to the opportune time, when that has to be addressed in a specific situation, obviously somebody would go to a Torah giant, discuss it with them, and, you know, utilize their experience and their expertise to reach a conclusion. But there's certain topics that you bring out in public, that you are discussing in this forum, um, which are much more sensitive. And I wonder if you hesitate sometimes to address any of these, or frankly, you know, it's all open game. You want everything discussed out there as a generalization with obvious, you know, with the obvious caveat that if someone's in a specific situation, they should go to a rabbi. Sorry. Uh, uh. A boy came to the Mashkiach of Baltimore, and he asked him, uh, David Krongles, and he said, I ha- I'm very embarrassed to ask you. He was stammering and stuttering, and he said, I have some questions. He wanted to discuss evolution, and he, the boy was very embarrassed. So David Krongles looked at the boy, and he said, I'd much rather that you discuss it with me here in Beis Medrash mm. than you learn everything about evolution in the street. Right. So the Gemara says, Ein Darshan Barayas, right? Ela Right. Right, it's supposed to be done, but we don't talk about Varam Sheva Arba. Right. But that was in a, an environment, a Victorian environment, with Varam Sheva Arba, were not spoken about in public. Right. But today, where every, on the front page of the New York Times, these things are spoken about to say nothing about the front page of papers like the Post or the News, etc., if our attitude is going to be, let our children or ourselves get educated by the Times or by other media, whereas we should retain the attitude as we don't speak about it, so basically we've abdicated all our education to secular media. Right. So if we take the attitude, look, they're hearing about gay rights, how to deal with issues like that, only from... But what is the Torah view of that? Okay. So then at this point in time, we have to use the same methods of, of distributing knowledge as they have. Otherwise, we have taken the Torah and basically said we have encapsulated and put it in we've, we've, in a back seat. We've right. not so- given it the same ability to distribute its, 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 its hashkafa and its deus and its beauty because we are saying we will not use the same methods of distribution so, as they have, and it's So I am a great advocate and a great uh, endorser of your strategy. I think it's a great strategy, but but I would assume, and we don't have to concentrate on this, but I'm curious, I would assume you've had some backlash from those who nonetheless feel that some of these topics, if not all, should not be discussed publicly. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, look, I, I get letters and I get calls from... People who will say, you know, you shouldn't be discussing questions like that. But on the other hand, you know, it's yesh for yesh. For example, many people hold that the Internet is a, is a churban. Right. And, and there's no doubt that it is a churban. Or can be, correct. 
It, it, you know, there's no doubt right. that you know it's, it has caused tremendous. But on the other hand, it's a reality. Right. I mean, it's it, it is a reality. So the question is, are we going to say it's a churban and therefore let's you know? There was a, a, a Rav in Muncie who they kept, a same, very quite and well-known Rav who they, they came out and they said, by, uh, there was a big Asifa in Muncie, and they said the Internet, sock was, you shouldn't have it, and if in your business you have to have it, you have to have a filter. Mm-hmm. This elderly Rav said, and make sure to tell them to change the filters every year. <laughs> so, like, you know... The Internet is very dangerous, and it is a Corbin, but if we don't address it and we're not aware of it, the Lachavich Yerav was a very famous Tzadik in Europe, and he, a story happened to him. A Yid came to him, was a very ignorant Yid, and he was learning Parshish Mayach. He was a farmer, and he said to the Lachavich, he said, it says, Boyata, Eshtecha, Ubanecha, El Hateva. Hashem said to Mayach, you... Your wife and children put them into the word. He said, How did Nayah, his wife and his children, fit into a word? So Lechavich just smiled and he said, You know, he said, Those were really terrible times. Chamas, Andra Lomoshida, was Nus, Gezel, terror was the worst time ever. Hashem had to destroy the world. He said, When there's really turbulent and dangerous times, the only way to really save your family is to enter into a dialogue. Right. An honest and meaningful dialogue. Excellent. So the Internet, we have two ways of dealing with it. We can make believe it doesn't exist. Right. And you'll have parents who, when they give the, when the kids get their iPhone or when their friends see their iPhone, and the kids in two minutes will see what their parents have not seen in their entire lives, right. what a person in a shtetl in Europe didn't see their entire lives, and they will totally be blown out of anything they ever, you know, they'll, they, their entire innocence of childhood will disappear in one second. That's one method of dealing with it. Or to say, let me get smart in a hurry, and by atav ishtachal banechal and let me get smart and enter into a dialogue. So the internet is one of the things, it is a korban, but on the other hand, look at people like Chabad, where they've used it to, you know, they do yeshivas online. They have all the all the shluchim. Yeah. They sit on school online. They said it's a tool. It's a powerful. Yeah. Tool. Look at people like the Nachum Siegel Network. Come on. The Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> I just now yeah, we did a contest on the Nachum Siegel Network when we, you know on the thing we we said whoever sends us an email where you're listening from we're going to give you a hundred dollars. We'll do a raffle. A hundred dollars to um. Your favorite farm store. Right. I think I sent you an email. I got from Melbourne, Australia. Right. I got from Birmingham <laughs> in London. I got from the wildest places in the world. So we're using, it's like nuclear. You could use nuclear energy to blow up Hiroshima, Nagasaki, have three mile island accidents. Or alternatively, you could use nuclear energy to power the world and create nuclear and to create that doesn't have, that doesn't create carbon waste. Oh, do we need a, we need a lot more Jewish leaders with your perspective? I'll tell you that much. In my opinion, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. I mean, you know, the internet is here. I mean, sadly, I mean, I'm not. A, I'm, I, I think it, it, it is very dangerous. And of course, sixty-six percent of the traffic on the internet is pornography. Right. But knowing that just means let's be smarter about it rather than. 
be in denial about it, but you know, our refrigerators will be smart refrigerators. Our thermostats are going to be smart refrigerators, smart thermostats. It's the way of the world. And just like when the car came into existence, when the telephone came into existence, there were a few of that saying, my goodness, phones, who are people going to call? The worst imaginable things were magazines came into existence. But when all these things happened, at some point people said magazines, so let's make Yiddish magazines. Cars, let's use them to go to learn. Yep. So we have to have the same attitude, and we have to be constantly evolving on our toes to use these tools to create a better and a stronger and a more vibrant and a more modern Yiddish guy. Recently, David Lichtenstein has addressed the following topics uh, Saturday night, 11 o'clock, which you could hear at jmnam.org. Uh, vaccinations and halacha. Uh, parenting children in a consumerism-obsessed society, bankruptcy in halacha. Um, did, was it this past Matzei Shabbos that you did the Kabbalah and Skoulis one? Was that uh, this? Yeah, we had Kabbalahs and Skoulis, and we're getting very fabulous Rabbanim. We're getting, we had the partial Shech and bankruptcy in halacha. We had probably the leading, me- you know, medical ethicist and probably the leading medical, most me- leading medical and knowledge- most knowledgeable person in medical halacha in the world, and Rabbi Huda David Blyach, I mean, he's probably number one in America, Rabbi, Scheinberg, Rabbi Steinberg in Eretz Yisrael probably would be his peer, but except for those two, there's nobody on their peer level. I mean, all the people who are writing these vaccination letters, none of them have the level of either eruditeness or, I mean, he's, he has a doctorate. I mean, he's, so we're bringing the leading scholars of the world, and when they speak, they're speaking with, with, uh, Knowledge and the and the fighting and the you know it's, it's so it's did anything it's really did any did anything surprise you about the conversation regarding Kabbalah and schoolos? Yes, it surprised me. We had on a leading Agudarov, right, <clears throat> and it surprised me the clarity and the vehemence with which he came out against the quote unquote Mikubalim who, quote-unquote, come to help people, but the way he said it, have a credit card number after their Yeshua. Right. And he said it with such a, a, such a you know, he didn't equivocate. He said if there's a credit card number after their name, there's something very wrong about it. And I could not agree with him more. Well, uh, I'll share with you a story sure. that I heard from, I don't know who I heard it from, maybe my father. He said... In Europe, there was a big topic. It was called the Shbalazeda. And he was, <clears throat> he was a pile Yeshua's. He was a big Makubal. Zidachayva was one of the greatest Makubalim of the Mongol, the Rebbe's. He was called the Sarbeis Azayar. Very much wanted to, you know, uh, study by him. And he heard that his chillis are heard in Shamayim. So he decided that Faslichas, which is like Sidim, considered the highest of the chillis, he wants to go daven by him slichas. So he went to the usual show and he says, no, slichas, he davens in the forest. He doesn't come here. So he figures he davens in the forest, a double the Yisrael like this. He must have a whole minion of Lamed Vav Tzadikim. Well, who knows what they do? They probably go to the mikvah and they chide incantations and they learn Zayar and Kisferi. So he didn't know where it was. So he hid outside his home. <coughs> And he got there, and it was too late already. He had left earlier. So the next day he came in earlier, 3 o'clock in the morning. At 4 o'clock in the morning, he sees how the Shpala comes out of his house. 
and he's dressed like a Russian uh, peasant with a fur thing, a fur hat on, and he's carrying an axe. And he leaves his house, and he's walking in the forest, and he's walking to the deep in the forest, and he comes to a house, and outside this house, he starts chopping wood. Chopping, he's chopping, it's 6 o'clock in the morning, there's a pile of wood, knocks on the door, he looks in the window, he sees it's a house, there's an almana with a few kids, and the lady says it's freezing, he says, who's there? Ivan, the wood chopper. I don't have any money. It's fine, you'll pay me another time. So come in, comes in, puts piled wood into the fireplace. He lights the fire, brings more wood in, makes a big pile. Soon there's a warm fire. The kids come out from the huddling from their freezing, and they come around the fire, and they warm up. He says, is it comfortable now in the house? You have wood for a few days? Yeah. Six o'clock in the morning, just the time for sleepers. As he's bringing the last wood into the house, the 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 hears the saying under his breath, This is how he's saying slichas. The real G'dayli Yisrael didn't have credit card numbers after their names. When somebody came to them and they said, we need Yeshua, it wasn't, and here's my credit card number, was, what can I do for you? What can I give to you? It's not if somebody came for a kidney, they said, how much money do I want to charge you? The Shvalavid would have said, here, how can I give you my kidney? That's the simon of a gobble of Israel. Oh, unbelievable. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Borough Park and Flatbush with, with interesting. all the good Jews. Very interesting. Uh, and ha- the, the book sold out, or, or its first printing sold out? What happened the with the headlines is, book? Now Baruch Hashem going into its fourth printing. Fourth printing. Very proud to say, yeah. And is the, we- is the website still active, headlinesbook.com? Um, headline, yeah, headlinesbook.com, and you can buy it on Amazon and Baruch Hashem. So it's, I, I don't know if there are any left, but I was told by the OU that they just went into its fourth printing, and it's should be back in around, but they said another two or three weeks. And this week on uh, Saturday night is priorities in Stucca. Is that what's scheduled for this coming week? Um, this week, I, um, and I think that priorities in Stucca is after Shavuos. Ah, okay. I'd be honest; I have to check what is this week. All right, but that'll be, be that, a little bit. Uh, that'll be one of the topics coming up in the near yeah, future. Yeah, sorry, we have a great. We have Rabbi Isa, Rabbi Eitan Feiner coming up. Uh, we have uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Moshe Heinemann is going to be speaking, who's really one of probably the two or three contempt biggest place to in America is going to be speaking about the kosher switch. Oh wow! So the goal is not to bring on to bring on really the biggest rabbanim in the world to speak about the most cutting edge topics and to hear contemporary, but from really the leading dayanim and paiskim rashishivas and hear what they have to say about very exciting and current topics. Of all the t- on. on on Nachum Siegel, which is a network that has used the Internet not and sees it, yes, it's a dangerous on one hand, but on the other hand, positively, it could bring Torah to the most far-flung places in the world. I greatly appreciate that. We even spoke about the... Uh, the uh, that's a good topic, by the way. You know, We, we spoke about this effort uh, this week about getting a Torah on the moon. So what did pe- how did people react? Number one, how could you send the Torah to the moon unaccompanied? You know, we don't, we don't bring Torahs anywhere unaccompanied. And then, apparently, according to what someone told me this week, halachically, you're not allowed to bring a Torah somewhere where it won't be read. 
You can only bring it to a place where we'll be read. So amazing. We, we talk about this concept, this, this, uh, you know, PR stunt to a degree that somebody has to send the Torah to the moon. Already people are discussing the halachic aspects of it. That's the way it should be. You wrote 34, I, I believe it's 34 topics in the book headlines. Is there one of the 34 that got the most, I don't want to say negative reaction, but the most, it, it ruffled the most feathers on both sides of the issue where, where you may even have thought afterwards, boy, maybe this one I shouldn't have printed? Well, I can't say unprinted, but I know when we went on the radio and we spoke about um, people with alternative lifestyles in halacha. We got a lot of both ways, uh, criticism as well as accolades. And the criticism was it's just too out there to be speaking about on the air. Right. But on the other hand, we I got a, a, any number of calls from people who, or letters from people who said, you know, I, uh, I have a gay child. Right. And we're pulling the hair out of our head, and my wife is sitting shiva. And it was very comforting to hear how to deal with it right. in a humane and a tyrannic way. And in fact, we, we, we did not want to take any call of that show. Right. Because, you know, historically, every time we try to bring up that topic, you have all the closet, excuse the French, Michigayim coming out, you know, gay Talmudists, gay Hinom. Right. And I had Y.Y. Y. Jacobson discussing, and he said, listen, this is a very sensitive topic, and people who have family members like this, it's a cause of tremendous grief. Right. And once it's posted online, and if it's done in a respectful and a serious way, it's a way for people to listen to it, and to get solace and comfort and know how to deal with it in a humane and in a tyrannic way. So let's not turn it into a macabre you know, um, you know, screaming, you know, a show, uh, you know, humor show. Right. So, and so that got a lot of, a really a tremendous amount of uh, discussion. I would say that was the one that got the most discussion. Wow. You're, you're really on the right track. Amazing work. David Lichtenstein, uh, the next program is 11 p.m. this coming Saturday night, Matzah Shabbos. You can enjoy it here at NahumSiegel.com, uh, org, NSN app, et cetera, et cetera. And the book is called Headlines. You can go, uh, to the web, headlinesbook.com. It is now in its fourth printing, and that's done with the uh, folks at OU Press. David Lichtenstein, Kolakavod, thanks so much for joining us this morning. All the best, Nachum Keep up your amazing work. I appreciate that. Thursday morning broadcast, this is JM in the AM.